0: You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM.
1: The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to feature bad movies and share facts. Back- According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around
0: the clock. Yes. This is do a lot. in, targets out. Never miss communication.
1: Oh, It's over 9,000. My name is Foxy. The
0: balls are in there.
1: Hey, hello everybody out there, and uh, welcome to Nerd Nerd to Know Media, Phoenix 92.5 FM, and yes, it is that that once familiar voice, but not much recently, it is Bryn, <laughs> um, and I, I am joined this week by...
0: Uh... Keanu Ocalicon here. Uh, Glad to be here as always. And for longtime fans who may be setting up the Wikipedia about us, you will know that when it's just me and Bryn, it 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 will be run by two tired dads who are recording late at night (laughs) and will probably end up talking about DVD commentaries of films you've never heard of. But... We will get into the headlines and yeah. stuff, but or, first, or late
1: stage capitalism—it can go in any yes. direction, you know. Really? Good. Well, um, that's
0: kind of behind the Spotify paywall, but you know, is, it, we'll it float us. It.
1: it is now. We have to start out uh, with um, with an apology. Um, neither a good place of us, to start. <laughs> neither of us have seen uh, have seen Morbius. It was promised there would be a review neither of us have seen it so there isn't going to be a review instead we're going to talk about things we actually enjoy um yes the
0: problem is as we found out at an hour's notice dara has friends and he has (laughs) nice friends who take him out to concerts and things and we were not prepped for this eventuality so instead we're going to talk about things that aren't morbius that bring joy to our souls (laughs) If that's okay with the listeners yeah. at home, we fully understand if this is our least listened to episode. After <laughs> that hype. Yeah. Let,
1: letters to the same address. But,
0: <laughs> but since we brought it up anyway, do you have any familiarity with like Morbius in the comics or anything like that? I,
1: I mean, not not much beyond what was in the Spider-Man animated series from the nineties and. Was it Spider-Man 3, the video game, where he was a boss? Yes,
0: him and uh, Screech were in it. Oddly enough, I love Spider-Man 3 as a film, even though most people hate it, but the game of Spider-Man 3 had a much better plot.
1: I mean, that wouldn't be hard.
0: No, but seriously, like, I mean, not to go on, like, a huge tangent, (laughs) but, like, they brought in, like, Shriek and Morbius and the Lizard, and they, um, like, integrated uh, Sandman and Venom into the story and had his, like is going to the dark side be much more gradual like Mm. yeah but
1: these are all things you can do over the course of a video game
0: Ah, yeah but most (laughs) like you know video games like having played the phantom menace pc Mm. game hundreds of times most video games of films are just take the plot and pad it out with people getting kidnapped Mm. every 10 minutes or so or something like that you know yeah
1: god that that i i think that that uh, phantom menace game i will have flashbacks to the escort <laughs> missions in it for the rest of my life it's just <laughs> oh the, 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 that was the game that made me go i actually i actually hate escort missions
0: <laughs> oh my goodness and you it's know. yeah it's we, this isn't the headliner I promise we'll talk about Sonic 2 we promise, but, uh, we promise
1: we'll get there
0: <laughs> yeah because the game it's, it was fascinating it's like I actually really enjoyed it as a kid but it's like it's the escort missions are just the, pain yeah it's not all the voice actors it's oh. lots of jumping over platforms yeah. at least four levels of escorting Padme around the place in, 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 which, different locations. if you watch the film you know it isn't actually her yeah, just just a bit of salt in the wound.
1: Yeah, ah, uh, yeah, it, it's it's just not, um, it's just not as fun as as you would have wanted a Star Wars game to be. Yeah, Well, hey, look, it is what it is. I mean, it is
0: indeed. And to be fair, I it did have a weird kind of proto Mass Effect mechanic where you had conversation options. And if you were savvy enough with it, you could get Obi-Wan Kenobi to slag some random stranger off in public. <laughs> Just for like the 15th play. you can kind of get a bit mischievous. It doesn't change the plot. No. But like, you know, there was kind of uh, inventive mechanics in it, in the hidden in the brokenness of it.
1: Mm. Yeah, but th- I think that's like also like, you know, that was something Luke, like, I mean, dialogue options were something LucasArts were already famous for at that point because like, uh. I mean, even going back, You know, you have to remember, it's the same developers who did Monkey Island-like.
0: Ah, that's, of course, that's a good point. But actually, that's as good a segue as any, because speaking of... Movie adaptations of video games and vice versa, especially considering broken ones from the 90s. Yeah, uh, Sonic 2. Uh, I saw it this weekend, I have been very excited to see it. I brought my daughter along to it, it was her first ever trip to the but cinema.
1: She, she's going through a real Sonic phase right now, isn't she? He
0: is indeed probably yeah. my fault uh, <laughs> because I showed her how to play, I think it was called Sonic Forces on the Switch. Mm. And that was the gateway into watching the Sonic Booms and Sonic X's on Netflix and yeah. the original Jim Carrey films up there too. So yes, are you at all familiar with Sonic, Sonic One, anything like that? Is there? A oh problem? yeah. Are you? Yeah, is there, yeah, are yeah. there Sonic merchandise up here in your room? Like, what's your what's your take on this, Brent?
1: So I I've played. Um, I want to say I've played every Sonic game. That isn't true. I've played. I played every uh, Sonic game on the Mega Drive and Game Gear, um, and then I played Sonic Adventure One. I still haven't gotten around to playing Sonic Adventure Two, um, and I kind of fell off after that. Um, I have played a bit of Sonic Generations and um, Sonic uh, Mania on the Switch.
0: Oh um, yes, that kind of retro. But like one. I
1: read, I read the Sonic comics growing up. Um, I watched. Um uh, there was the there was the two there was like three shows made in the nineties. There was like Sonic the Hedgehog, one called Sonic Sat AM, which is bloody excellent. Um it has Jim Cummings playing the uh playing uh, Dr. Robotnik, and it is
0: Yes, I remember his. this. There was kind of a goofy kind of Looney Tunes type one, and there was a yeah. dark mysterious... And then the- yeah, like, and you it's know, heavy it's, themes one,
1: and yeah, it's and the the dark heavy themes one is fantastic. It's so very good, um, but again, having Jim Cummings playing Doctor Robotnik. Is always going to be a good time, um, yeah. even if it sounds, even if it sounds like he's having a bit too much fun playing the character.
0: Well, that's what you uh, want. I mean, that's what you get Jim Carrey in the films. You yeah, want a robotnik it, who can yeah. like chew the scenery and eat out of your TV, you know? Yeah,
1: like the, I mean, there's there's a, there's like a one line he had that even in my circle of friends just become a meme. Going, <laughs> oh, that's good. That's very good
0: indeed. <laughs> you okay, know, so you're so definitely good. in the die hard of Sonic
1: Dom. Yeah, yeah, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't be so diehard that I'll follow people just because they mentioned the, something positive about Sonic about Sonic, but you know, I I I know my way around the fandom.
0: No, but compared to me, my first one was the Sonic Heroes and Shadow oh, and the PlayStation 2. And then yeah. I just did one or two DS and PSP games. And ah, that's fair. it yeah. up until the present. Like you know, like uh properly like you'd know who all the characters are to see and Kind of different eras and more all that less, kind of yeah. stuff
1: yeah more or less
0: excellent well uh I will first off say that um I absolutely loved Sonic 2 I'm ashamed to say I enjoyed it slightly more than the Batman which I know is like a sin to <laughs> well, admit I mean,
1: I, I'm pretty sure they're <laughs> catering to two different audiences so like I mean oh
0: even so though like it's kind of because you know it's the first Sonic was, like, a runaway hit that no one really expected, especially yeah, considering the controversy of the, the trailer yeah. with his teeth. But it's also like the,
1: it was the sixth highest film globally in 2020.
0: Now, granted, it was 2020. <laughs> yeah, but I know, but still... That's still, not I mean, bad.
1: You know, not bad, all things considered. But, um, yeah, like, I mean... Thank God they they reverted the character design because it would have been such a shame to have an otherwise good movie torn down by a bad character design.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, like there's this kind of like I didn't mind the design when I saw it the first time, but I will admit, like oh, this, having this, it look a bit more traditional, just yeah helps you know
1: it it does but there's just so many like uncanny valley things thrown into it the way his teeth looked especially mm. were just really unnerving <laughs> like <laughs> um like I know that's been like the the the, the point people came up came back to you over and over again it was like he
0: is for his tooth God. filled mouth
1: yeah yeah but I mean the I mean the first one I I was pleasantly surprised by how enjoyable I found it. Mm. Like I mean look it's you know if you're if you're a purist for Sonic the Hedgehog you know it's like it's not it's not terribly lore accurate but at the same time when you see the trailer for it it's set on earth <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know at that point, you should go like, right, this is not going to be lore accurate.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you I know mean, because like you kind of have to navigate around the fact that Sonic is kind of a generational thing. And it's it's also, it's a lot more complicated than your Mario type games where those are dead yeah. simple. Yeah. Like, and you don't it- want to kind of overcomplicate a 90 minute kid film. I think they were right to keep it dead simple for that first
1: one. But, like, I mean, it's not... Look, I mean, the the fact of the matter is is that not every kid's uh, property can be the Ninja Turtles where it's actually surprisingly versatile. Mm. You know? Like, I mean, you know, even comparing Sonic to to the Ninja Turtles is a really good example because there is a good bit of, like, connective tissue between the two of them in terms of, like, the ways they were made be... They were made to be marketable. Mm. But like, I mean, the the Ninja Turtle, the Ninja Turtles, like by design, all you need to do is go, they got hit by ooze, they're in New York City and they eat pizza. And even being pizza wasn't even a core staple until they were in the until they had their first animated series. Mm. You know? So like it's but that's kind of all you need. As long as you're hitting those points, you can kind of do whatever with them, you know? Cause it's It's a really simple formula Whereas, like with Sonic, I mean, if you're going to do something really accurate, like you're, there's a ton of different areas in which you could lose an audience because like, because like, you know, like Sonic is different things to different people. And some people Mm -hmm. just want to see a blue hedgehog go fast and that's it. And then I was like, no, but I need Mobius and I need the Freedom Fighters and I yeah, need yeah. the Chaotix and, crew.
0: And, and I even need... <laughs> getting that lore out of the way, Sonic is quite, like, he's quite Bart Simpson y. He's quite an yeah. anarchic. Absolutely. Presence, which doesn't, may, may not translate to a kid's film very well. It could be, like, you know, very edgy or anything like that. Yeah. You know? I
1: mean, like, I mean, you're, you're, yeah, with a character like that, you're either going to hit, you know, something close to being Bart Simpson. Or you could have Mike Myers' version of the Cat in the Hat,
0: uh-huh.
1: and you know, mm. like. But there's a real risk of going in either. There's a real risk of being Mike Myers' Cat in the Hat, like.
0: Oh, completely. You know? I mean, sure. Like Jim Carrey is no stranger to Dr. Seuss. Like you know, yeah. Like that performance, I I love him, but that performance could have unbalanced the film. But it all kind of. It all came yeah, together, and
1: I I, th- I think I think that like with how like i mean he's playing a character that like he's playing like a, a non like he's playing like a version of robotnik that has where he's given enough scope to do whatever mm-hmm. with that character and yeah i mean there's there's not a huge amount like i mean look you're getting like they got a jim carrey performance out of out of him you know it's jim carrey's dr robotnik rather than being jim carrey as dr robotnik
0: yeah, but you know? like you know, getting a Jim Carrey performance out of Jim Carrey can yep. isn't always possible at the best of times, you know. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. And look, you know, I mean like it's at, at this stage in his career, he doesn't really you know, he doesn't really need to be putting in you're not really looking at him going, Oh, I wonder if he's gonna put in put in a performance. I mean he gives a show for the character, oh, yeah. look, but like he
0: doesn't I've never seen him like Half try it in a film, no, you
1: know, no. I mean, I mean, like Jim, Jim's Jim's issues have been, always been more about like, did he really need to go that far? Right, you know, that's always been like the the qualm with him as an actor. But
0: look, he's acting I, opposite a hedgehog. Go yeah. big,
1: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I like it's it's again, he's he's playing he's playing a character where he has the scope to go and do whatever and I think it's you know I I think one of the things that's like a big strength for him is that when he needs to be intimidating in the film in the first film anyway I haven't seen the second yet but Mm. in the first film when he needed to be intimidating he was yeah and for a kids film that's all you kind of need and I'm not saying kids film to be like um you know reductive and more just going like it's a film that like it should appeal to people to to people of all ages and I think he contributes to that you know like what's wrong with that like i mean giving out about uh jim carrey in uh in sonic is like giving out about uh is giving out about nicole kidman and paddington it's like <laughs> what do you want like
0: oh we could talk all day about paddington no, but, but i want to talk, i want to talk specifically about sonic 2 though because i'm sure. assuming you haven't seen it yet <laughs>
1: no but i'm i'm can piece together what the plot is with the trailer but for, for you might be surprised
0: but... but um yeah, it's um it's basically for the people who wanted more sonic lore stuff mm-hmm. get a bit more of that in this one obviously from the posters we know kind of tails and knuckles are in mm-hmm. it uh there's like uh I'm not sure how much to give away because I don't know what's in the trailer and what isn't sure but uh by and large, this kind of feels like it almost feels like a second first film, if you know what I mean. Like if they just put their foot in and threw in tails and knuckles and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because there's long stretches of it. Uh, the basic premise, without getting into too many spoilers, is that um, the James Marsden and his wife, they've gone away to, for a sister's wedding and mm-hmm. Sonic's minding the house by himself. And in the two days where Sonic just has to mind the house, you know, Eggman comes back Knuckles is teamed up with Eggman, Tails pops up, and it's just all these. It's like five competing stories, and it should be messy, but it actually really, really works. There's like a long stretch of the film where it's just Sonic and Tails, like not interrupted. There's long stretches where it's just Eggman and Knuckles uninterrupted. There's long sections where it's just mm. James Marsden and his wife and his wife's sister who hates him. Uh, and about, and it's about the, a wedding that they have to save and Sonic isn't even in it for 10 minutes. And it's just so funny. Like, it's such a strange film, but it really, really works. It's got this lovely kind of mad energy and joy to it. And Idris Elba steals the film from everyone. Like, yeah. I mean, we were talking about Jim Carrey and I know that there's like an Idris Elba performance, but like, it's just something about... The way he pitches his voice and Knuckles as a character works completely because they just play up the sort of um uh, what's the term? Uh unfrozen caveman lawyer aspect yeah. of it. Yeah with him like trying to work out how coffee works and oh, that's like cool. you know smashing holograms and that kind of stuff, or like not knowing how to work phones and all that. They just like they pair up this CG Knuckles with Jim Carrey. Mm. And it's perfect because Jim Carrey is like acting his heart out and Idris Elba via Knuckles is just low energy funny. And it's just every scene with them is just electric. And I loved it to bits.
1: That's great. But like, Like, look, I mean, like, you know, um, if there's anything that, that every film ever made needs, it's more Idris Elba.
0: Yes, actually, we, we came home and watched the first season of Luther right yeah. afterwards, like, you know, I don't, I don't think he gets enough props for being great because, yeah. like, I don't know, it's kind of, I, I'm, again, I'm not, like, like, I didn't grow up with Sonic, so I don't mm. get excited when Tails and Knuckles are up. My kid did. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like, so I didn't get the appeal, but, like, now I get it, like, these three characters together are just Magic. incredibly funny. There's kind of, like, a... I suppose a Thor like quality to the way they pitch Knuckles, where he's just so matter of fact that it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, kind of they're running around and he'll just be like, uh, good, you go distract them and die, and I will throw the punch and you <laughs> will win. Like, you know, and there's like no hint of like irony about him. He's just so blunt. That it's yeah. I was hugely impressed with this film. My only kind of uh, qualm—not qualm, but curiosity, I suppose—is I wondered if they filmed it in uh, lockdown or not, because you have the the one kind of element the film doesn't quite have is Sonic and um, James Morrison's character are mostly split up, unfortunately, which is a shame because that was kind of the winning ingredient of the first film: their mm. weird chemistry. But here it's Sonic and Tails, and like, you know, that's great. They have a dance off thing. That's all good. Um, It's Knuckles and Eggman. So, those two plot points, you could easily film social distancing. All of the human characters are on an island together in a wedding, all stood far apart. It's still hilarious, but I was kind of.
1: Definitely sounds.
0: Together, the circumstances of how it came together.
1: Mm, That Uh, definitely sounds like it would have been a COVID shoot.
0: Yeah, it didn't bother me. Like it's still yeah. hilarious. Like every like, I mean, yeah, like
1: Spider Man No Way Home was shot in COVID as well. Like and
0: I I and... got the vibes of that as well because even just the way characters are spaced out, like the CG Sandman and Lizard, yeah. stood between people, so you could have them like spread out across the room, and you wouldn't know, like yeah, that kind of. It doesn't bother me. It's just I wonder if it's going to jump out as being weird to people in like ten years time when they're probably text and stuff. Probably will. Mm. but uh um, yeah do you have any kind of like because uh, like you're the you know more yeah, sonic so, than me so yeah. like do you have any kind of predictions so, or questions or anything e- like or-
1: yeah so like my um my expectation going in was that they had taken that they had taken inspiration from sonic 3 on the mega drive right where the plot was that um was that uh, Eggman was trying to get the uh, was trying to get the Master Al- Emerald, which Knuckles is guarding, and he had manipulated Knuckles into thinking that uh, Sonic was going to steal it. So then Knuckles was like, "Well, the hell he is!" And basically, they clash, and eventually, um, and eventually they are, they're able to reconcile and then go after Eggman together. But uh, that's kind of what I expected from them to do story wise. Is that in any way it's, similar yeah,
0: to it? A- uh, there is a Master Emerald in it, Yeah, yeah which is kind of the instigating thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll mention that because I didn't know going in, but I suppose if Knuckles is in it, that kind of goes without saying. Yeah. So yeah, there, it is kind of a bit of a treasure hunt around the yeah. world between Sonic and Tails versus Eggman and Knuckles to go and find it and use it and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah,
1: that's, but, just, uh, that's just fun as yeah. a premise, isn't it? Is- it?
0: It is just fun. It's, I'd be interested to see how this is received because I haven't looked at any reviews yet because yeah. for people who like the Sonic 1, like me, I've seen that Jim Carrey Sonic film loads of times now, there's more of the stuff you liked already. The angry sister character is in it more. She gets a yeah. big subplot. The Donut, the, the, not Donut Lord, he's the main one. The doofy cop guy. From the town, who oh, yeah to go wrong, he gets more to do. Agent Stone gets more to do, mm. so it's just everything is bigger. So I suppose if you like the first one, you'll like it in that regard. For diehard Sonic fans, like I know Katie on the show with us, she wasn't wild about the lack of Chaos Emeralds and stuff. Uh, yeah. there's, so there's more of that in this one. Um, I suppose I'd be interested to see if it's okay for kids because like my kid's only going on three. Yeah, the long stretches where Sonic wasn't in it, she kind of tuned out, but at the same time, there's still like crazy explosions and that kind of stuff going on. So, I'd say I'd be interested to see if this actually holds kids' attention or if it will be more warmly received by like nostalgic Sonic fan adults, if you know what I mean. Mm.
1: Yeah. I think that's a tricky one because I think it kind of depends on the age ranges you're talking about. Like, Mm. you know, I mean, I think, you know, I I think for, I think for most kids under, under like, you know, seven years old, what holds their attention can be a real fleeting object, Mm. you know? Um, It's just really, because I remember like when, I remember when I was like five, I saw Jurassic Park in the cinema and when dinosaurs weren't on screen I wasn't paying attention
0: <laughs>
1: you know and that's kind of the parameter that I kind of hold for, for um, I hold for films is that yeah. like you know you know when X isn't on screen they're probably not going to pay attention you
0: know? <laughs> I suppose that's fair yeah and it is, it is a very well balanced film and it moves in a mad clip Mm. uh so yeah anyway i suppose i would recommend sonic Two uh to like anyone who enjoyed the first one it's a good solid kids movie like the Mm. effects are a lot stronger than the first one like the knuckles and tails feel like they have a proper weight to them Uh, the music's great as seems to be standard with these like you know Mm. so yeah i would highly recommend it even if you're not a sonic fan uh, because, like, I kind of wasn't mad into Sonic, but the first one kind of broke me into it. So I would yeah. recommend this very, very highly. And uh, I suppose I'm gutted that we didn't get to hear about how Morbius did in its competing opening weekend. Uh, but, yeah, it's, I, I just had a lovely, lovely time. And um, I would. Re- it's nice to see just a wholesome kind of kids' film come out that isn't a disney thing you know what i mean it's yeah a, absolutely it's a nice kind of anarchic edge to sonic as i said that's refreshing
1: yeah well i mean i, I think i you know i think it's one of those things where like um that's definitely something that like, i think is sorely missed from from kids films is that like you know because like things have gone in the direction where like you get disney films where it's either you know where it's um where like Disney's like big daring thing is that they don't have villains anymore. It's just that like it's the dynamics characters have between them is mm. the villain, you know? Um or and if it's not that, then you're getting um you're getting like a universal and an illumination just doing basically the bare Same. minimum yeah. for for films where like it's just if if it's not the minions, it's something. Equally uninspiring, you know. Yeah,
0: I, I, am not in the like kind of down on illuminations camp that I know a lot of people are. Uh, yeah. But I, but I, but I watch them and I kind of feel like, yeah, that that's a that's a proper C plus movie there. Right? Yeah, like that and that's what kind of what they aimed for. You know what I mean?
1: Mm. But like, I mean, this, is like, you know, to be to be very clear here, like, I mean, I'm not down on illumination in the sense that like I think what they do is bad. I don't think it's bad, but I just don't think it's you know it's worth being positive over either. I think yeah, that they yeah. I think I think they make I think they make filler films. And they're well made filler films and like there's technically nothing wrong with them. Mm. But like the way the way I would put it is that like you know, there's always going to be a part of me because I grew up on I grew, I grew up on um, on Labyrinth and I grew up on Neverending Story mm. and I at this stage in my life I would I would absolutely pay any amount of money to see uh, to see films like that go on screen again then yeah. get anything out of illumin- that Illumination has in the pipeline. I'd be yeah, much we more did, interesting. We did
0: see the trailer for like uh like Minions 2 yeah' while waiting for this one to start. And there's just kind of like a sense like it's it's young grew and like you know they're all competing to be the best supervillain, and just like the trailer just keeps going and yeah. keeps going. And it's like the seventh. I'm I'm like I don't want to hate on a kid's property, but like you know, it's like if they ran Pixar, we'd have nine films about those green aliens from Toy Story by yep. now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And like, I mean, that's like that's one of those things where it's like, you know, like variety is the spice of life. You mm. know, and I like I and again like I I would never say that there should never be Minions movies because of course there should be Minions movies, but like it's like, but give me. <laughs> give me a choice between them and something else like
0: yeah well I mean? two is coming out as well like you know, but like, I mean
1: like, look again there's nothing wrong with seeing with saying one. there really wasn't mm. but and I have nothing wrong with the film with those films existing. It's just that like it's kind of like the the criticism of Marvel where it's like mm. but this seems to be the, these seems to these things seem to be just about the only things that exist now. Yeah, and it would be nice to have, you know, be it would be nice to have a couple of different flavors of things.
0: Yeah, okay, totally. You know? Like
1: and like, you know, I mean that that's where, like, I think especially in kids in kids films. Like, I mean, outside of, I I, I really I really kind you I really get the impression that like outside of whatever Disney and Pixar are trying to do. There just isn't a huge amount of effort to match what Disney are doing in that area. Well, it's I just mean, like,
0: there's, I'm sure there's an issue of resources as well. But uh, yeah,
1: I mean, there there is. I think I I think it's also just that, like you know, in in previous in previous animation generations, you had people who that you could point it and go well they're trying something you know like in the 90s you had uh, Don Bluth who did mm. um, you know who did Fern Gully and The The Lamp Before Time and American Tale and all those films in the early 2000s um, the guys over at DreamWorks once they got past their hatred for Disney started to make really good animated movies
0: Let's uh, to be know. honest that never really went anywhere they just channeled <clears throat> it
1: they they didn't yeah it never really yeah. went anywhere but they actually started making they actually started making movies that weren't just we hate Disney can't you yeah, tell yeah. Ant, <laughs> you know ants
0: is a tough time to watch
1: oh man ants is so bad it's it's um, I mean outside of going oh there's famous actors in this it's not really anything to really watch yeah it's it's i remember Um, i
0: that came out when i was seven and i I know we were on a tangent of a tangent by now but uh it's the first film that i watched where i kind of in the back of my brain went i shouldn't be watching this this isn't for me those Mm. crickets are using terms like euro trash what's going on (laughs) Oh yeah, uh, yeah. W- like woody allen is talking to a dead soldier and severed head that's still talking yeah uh i i'm not I'm, i'll watch it because it's on but i'm not liking this like you yeah. know
1: oh yeah and not great <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god but actually it should be worth mentioning like uh in regards to sonic this could also be potentially Jim Carrey's last film because he's talking about retiring uh, yeah. very soon. Now he could just be floating it, but still, I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, look at the, at this stage in at this stage in Jim Carrey's career. I mean, what else is there for him to really do?
0: That is basically from what I've read of the interviews. Like, you know, he's like, you know, I've I've done a lot, but now I want to like do paintings and have fun and relax i'm 60 yeah, and, mean, he, he's and all, fair dues to him like you know you see yeah. this in the shadow of like all these rumors around bruce willis like you know and his health and like mm. doing movies where he's in it for two days and on the poster and stuff it's like you know yeah. just just retire just absolutely enjoy you're wealthy enough now like but, you know uh,
1: as well as that like you know i mean like jim uh, jim has really gotten into like he's really fallen into like a lot of like mindfulness stuff. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if that has a lot to play with it. I don't know. I know that like, um, he has kids and everything, and he may be, you know, close to being a grandfather. He's certainly around the age group where that would happen. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Maybe he's just like, I want to just settle down and be there for my family now. And that's amazing if he's able to do it. There's, I mean, it's not it, there's not that many actors who get to do that, you know, who yeah. just like get get to go out on good terms, you know. I mean, don't
0: just kind of like uh since you brought up Nicole Kidman earlier, like mm. I kind of got a bit of a fright when she turned up as like a supporting character in Aquaman. Mm. Because to me, she's still kind of like you know, an A-list celebrity, like you know, and you kind of go, Oh, well, I'm glad to see you, but <laughs> is, is yeah this this the most that's available to you now like what's what's kind of happening here
1: Yeah but at the, at the same time like I mean how much do we really know about Nicole Kidman?
0: That's true that's know? true but like I mean... but like there's this kind of it's terrible but like because it's a person's life yeah but on some level we're so used to kind of the Hollywood system that you kind of go all right they're gonna be this big for four years. Mm. and then they're going to kind of maybe be consistent and then they'll either vanish or just stick around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Now and again, you'll get like a Matthew McConaughey where he seems to burn out and comes back and is amazing. Mm. But like, by and large, kind of like, it's sort of, there is a lifespan to all things, you know? Yeah,
1: well, I mean, there's only so long you can stay at the top for. And, you know, I mean, like, I mean, even I mean, even using someone like Bruce Willis, like Bruce Willis got a good, like, got a good 10 years of legitimately being one of the biggest actors in the world. Mm. And then his career just slowly petered out from there. And like that's you know, like I mean, that's better that's better than most actors will ever get. Mm. You know, and you're going, ooh, 10 Mm. years that's that's not a lot of time yeah <laughs> you know like uh especially when you're talking about a career and again like he had a really long career and like it's you know it sucks that he's retiring under the conditions that he is but mm. you know at the same time like i mean anyone else would retire under the same conditions as him, you know
0: that is a that is a good point yeah 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 it's like, uh- but that's why I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad I wanted to bring Jim Carrey up because like, Sonic 2 is good. He yeah. brings his A game in it. Like, you know, Yeah. Like I mean, not, he's not in it a huge amount in the grand scheme of things, but he's like t- giving it socks every time. And you kind of want, if it is an actor's last film, you want it to be a nice one, you know? Yeah, like a absolutely. really exciting one. You don't like, want it to be like an Orson Welles situation, you know?
1: <laughs> Orson Welles in uh, Transformers.
0: Yeah, I, I <laughs> haven't been brave enough to see it yet.
1: So I look I I have uh, um I I'm in a minority of having a lot of love for that Transformers movie. Right. Um the soundtrack I will freely admit is the absolute best part of the film. <laughs> the soundtrack's amazing. It's it's so very very good. Um the, the film when I saw it as a child was borderline traumatic because of, <laughs> because of a thing that happens in the first act. Mm. <laughs> but, um, like, I mean, look, Leonard Nimoy is in it, Um, which, for as you're a Star Trek fan, that's another reason for you to watch it.
0: Yes, that um, like that'll be a good segue in a minute. Oh, that's funny, because Leonard Nimoy is in Transformers 3 as well, isn't he?
1: He is, yeah. Yeah, he is. And, um... Like Eric Idle from Monty Python fame is in it. Like, oh
0: my ca- goodness! Yeah,
1: the cast is the cast is like amazing. The mm-hmm. cast is really really good. Um, but like, I mean, yeah, like uh, Orson Welles is in it famously in his last uh, mm-hmm. cinematic role where he plays a giant planet eating robot
0: <laughs> when you put it like that that's not a bad role to go out on it's, actually, it's, is it?
1: it's it's not a bad role at all to go out <laughs> and, um yeah i it, look I, I look it's not it's it, i think it's like 85 minutes long hmm. um it's there's certainly like look put it this way it, there's certainly worse Transformers movies you could watch. Um, oh, that, that,
0: that's a dark board. You could have a lot of fun with that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, it's. Uh, it, it's. It's. It's a. It's very easy to watch worse Transformers movies.
0: I well, actually, um, I I've fallen into a weird kind of pattern with I think the fifth Transformers, the one that's hmm. in the King Arthur times, where. I if I'm flicking through the channels and I see Transformers 5 on I've never watched it from start to finish but I'll play a game where I will just find some random 10 minutes in the film and this isn't fair to any film I suppose but especially this one I love finding a random 10 minutes of a film of this film in particular Transformers 5 last night and trying to figure out what's going on (coughs) just from what's happening and then I'll come back in an hour and Like, honest to God, none of the characters are the same. (laughs) Like, I tried it once, and there were, like, kids and a junkyard. And then when I came back, it was, like, Anthony Hopkins running around Trinity College. The second time I tried it, it was, like, I came in at, like, the King Arthur bit. And then when I came back an hour later, it was, like, Megatron Suicide Squad. There's just so many weird... weird... Plot elements yeah. in it, and that's before you get to the aspect ratio changing every three seconds. You know.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, those films. Oh, <laughs> horrible. But
0: actually, since we're on a kids film vibe, super quick one minute review: the Paw Patrol movie is actually good. Yeah. which was a shock to me. It like made me feel emotions and things, which the Netflix Paw Patrol episodes do not do. Yeah. I if, say I only bring this up because I know you're a parent, too, and must kind of yeah. be you, on the same wavelength.
1: You know, I am i think I speak for every parent by saying, why did you have to bring them up? I was fine not having the theme song on <laughs> my head.
0: And now everyone at home can hear it, too.
1: Yeah, everyone who's a parent can hear it too, at home. <laughs>
0: Right, I'll segue us out of that. Deep.
1: That's just so, so cruel. Um, I was yeah, fine not thinking about yeah. know, Paw Patrol.
0: <laughs> well, we'll switch from one earworm of a theme mm. to another. Have you seen the trailer for Picard Series 3? I have a few not. only halfway through Picard Series 2. But have you seen it? Because there's a lot of buzz about this. I
1: have not seen it, actually, no.
0: Okay, well, uh, I don't know what your attachment to Star Trek is. But basically, they dropped a trailer for Series 3 which is peculiar because again, we're still halfway through series two, but the reason they did it was as far as I can tell, the entire next generation cast is coming back for Picard series three. And this is a first for this new generation of Star Trek. They haven't gotten like an entire set
1: of Mm. characters
0: back yet. And um, it's obviously very, everyone's very excited about it. There's a lot of, I want to say heated discussions around the state of Star Trek at the moment, but uh, since we're kind of talking about nostalgia with regards to Sonic and all that kind of stuff, I suppose, what's your take on, like, bringing these, like, say, because Star Trek Next Generation from the 80s and 90s, what's your take on kind of bringing them back now in the new kind of glossy, dark, moody HD era and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't...
1: I don't really have, like... Strong opinions on on Star Trek, so it's hard to like weigh in on a topic. I have no dog, <laughs> like I don't have a dog in the fight. Mm. So like, I mean, it it's kind of hard to weigh in with any real committed mm. <laughs> opinion. Like, I mean, look, if you know, it, like, if it's if it's going to if they think it's gonna if they think it's gonna make fans happy that. Definitely do it. If they also think they're going to bring in new fans because of it, then great. I mean, but you know, I get. I guess like the only real question about it is like, well, who's it actually for, though?
0: That's a very good question. Yeah, because like uh, I'm currently reviewing um, uh, each Picard episode on mm. Discovery if we're allowed to watch it in Europe or, uh, mm. for Geek Ireland and like it's when these new Star Treks came out, they sort of had a chip on their shoulder. Like they were trying to be more like Battlestar Galactica or the Expanse, which I Mm. know you're very passionate about. And they kind of seemed slightly embarrassed by Trek staples. Do you know
1: what I mean? Well, I I, I mean, I think like one of the things that like, you know, um, I think one of the things that like, one of the staples of like uh, Star Trek is like, especially going from like the original series and from uh, the Next Generation, is that there's this overwhelming amount of optimism, yes, for the future, mm-hmm. and that that's something that I, I would imagine there are. There's a big belief that that can't translate in a modern context because, well look at the news.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. And
1: like, you know, so that because of that, then there's like this need to go, it's kind of like, you know, it's it's the same kind of thing as people saying, well, like, you know, you can't do Superman in the modern age because it's too optimistic. And they go like, well, we have to darken it up and we have to, you know, make it more grounded and this, that, and the other. And it's like you know, the, the, I think a lot of that comes down to like you're not seeing the wood from the trees. Yeah, if you're thinking that way, because you're like, not
0: you're not kind of actually making the thing you're making. You're mm. trying to make something that's marketable <laughs> with the skin of the of yeah. something that's popular. Yeah.
1: It's the it's the thing that like um you know people have been raking the new Lord of the Rings show over the coals for as well.
0: Oh, I you actually know? don't know anything about that. Have they released trailers and stuff?
1: Uh, they have they've had a teaser trailer for it and it's uh, like even from the the trailers going over it's not at all lore accurate from the sounds of it i mean outside of like you know well there's there's been a couple of tidbits in it that are just like not lore accurate and it's like uh you know with the specific things they've done it's very like okay (laughs) like <laughs> what are you what are you aiming for here yeah. and um like it there's there's also some like bits of very interesting things that come out like the show itself seems to be very suspect um because they're making a lord of the rings show set in the second age which means they have, their source material is a silmarillion right they don't actually have the rights to it
0: oh yeah. Okay, so it's a bit like the, the Tolkien film situation, like about the, the Tolkien biopic. Are you up on this? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. very it's a very similar problem. Um, it basically try to make money off of Tolkien's name without yeah. paying for it. Yeah. And yeah, it's not um it it's not a great look. It's also that like you know, one of the one of the major quotes from Peter Jackson when he made the Lord of the Rings trilogy was that himself and Philip, um, like him, himself and the other two writers, Philip and Fran, had said that they didn't want to introduce their politics into the storytelling process. They very much wanted it to be Tolkien's story. Uh, apparently, the showrunners have said that they want to make they want to make their show the rings of power be a reflection to the modern world which i don't i don't i don't know the people who are running the show but you know small spoiler for the source material it's not based in earth
0: yeah and like if you (laughs) because i remember like there was discourse around lord of the rings where yeah if you try and put modern allegory into lord of the rings it suddenly becomes well, incredibly problematic anyway, doesn't it? It, it?
1: Well, I mean, it's more... So, look, so look there's, for everything in Middle-earth, there's really specific contexts around right. them all. So if you put them into... If you try to just shoehorn in modern allegory into it haphazardly, mm. it sends... A, certain things become so much worse, right? Right so like one of the most common things is that people who haven't read the Silmarillion and no shade Silmarillion is a history book for a place that doesn't exist. <laughs>
0: um, well, that's the whole Lord of the Rings series though. Let's be fair or told, whatever you call it, middle earth series.
1: Yeah, I, I, I would disagree. I mean, the Hobbit's very much a kid's book. The Hobbit. Um, yeah. I'll give you that. But um, certainly I've said like, it on
0: the show before, like, you know, Lord of the Rings is structured, not around plot action.
1: No, it's not. Around it, locations. It,
0: Do you know what it, I mean? It, it kind it, of reads it, like a history book. It, it
1: So, like, I would say Lord of the Rings is very much like a median point between the two. Yes. Um, yeah. It's it's not quite a history book. It's not quite a story book. Um, but it's very much a hybrid of the two. The Silmarillion is just a history book. <laughs> um. So, but, like, basically, like, the point I was going to make was that, like, you know, you see it all the time. You see this come up quite often where people try to make this argument that like you know Tolkien thinks orcs are people from Africa
0: uh,
1: which, which is use the context of the using the context of the books is a really messed up thing because it's very much it's very much a case of like people people uh, people project people project what they want to see. Into like if they're looking if they're looking for racism they're going to find racism. Yeah. Right. Um. In in a, in a Lord of the Rings, basically, or like in Lord of the Rings and like some really, the orcs originated because a a godlike character called Melkor corrupted and uh, corrupted mutilated elves until they became an entirely different species if that's what you think black people are. So it I've got says bad more about the person
0: making the link mm. than about the original work. Actually, would you yeah. mind indulging me? Because I have a Tolkien quote in front of me about allegories. You probably know it. Uh, it's regarding the Fellowship of the Ring. Uh-huh. I cordially dislike allegory in all its manifestations and always have done since I grew old and wary enough to detect its presence. I much prefer history, true or feigned, with its varied applicability to thoughts and experience of the reader. I think that many confuse applicability with allegory, but the one resides with freedom of the reader and the other in the purpose of the author. So, already you're up creek with Tolkien, like, now obviously, like, authorial intent is different from interpretation but, like, it's Tolkien would not be happy with Lord of the Rings being turned into Game of Thrones.
1: Um, well, you see, like I don't even know if that's necessarily what's happened. I mean, we've only got teaser traces to go right. off of, so we can't there's only so no, far we can But speculate. if you're
0: putting political ideas into it, then that's the most marketable thing that exists mm. currently, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like, yeah, I mean, he wouldn't he wouldn't be happy with that um occurring, but I think it's also just um I, I think I I think that like you know if you were going to if you're going if, if you're trying to twist his words to mean something that they're not going to, yeah. I, it's not something like I mean, like Lord of the Rings, like like his books are like there's there's points in them that are very allegorical, and there's bits in it that are very much like him taking uh, uh, taking uh reference from either from uh classic uh, literature like Beowulf, or just from like experiences in his own life, like he, uh, um, you know, anyone who's seen the uh, seen the Lord of the Rings, uh, movies at the very least probably remembers this the sequence where Frodo, Sam, and Gollum are going through the Dead Marshes, knowing that Tolkien. <laughs> was a fought in World War one mm. it doesn't take a huge leap of logic to go well that's probably where he got inspiration <laughs>
0: but you that know? may not have been his intent
1: may not have been his intent we don't but, know. <laughs> but it's I mean it's not a it's not an, a massive mm. it's not a massive leap to make you know again like this guy was also very into um was very was very much against having everything getting industrialized. And that there's a beauty in nature having a place. And that's a very common theme in this book. And again, it's a theme. It's not necessarily. Because that's, that's
0: where Saruman and the trees and all that kind of stuff comes in.
1: Exactly. And so like, I mean, a lot of stuff like that is said as well about, about Sauron and the books as well. And, you know, again, it's not that like you know, you would. I mean, some people would like to go, Oh, that is an allegory, and it's like, eh. I mean, it's a theme, I don't think it, there's enough of it to say it's allegory. You know, that usually it's not like in it's not like uh, I would say that like the a song of ice and fire is way more of an allegory for climate change because I mean, read the damn books, yeah,
0: yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
1: it's it beats you over the head with how allegorical it is Mm -hmm. you know but it's you know and again like i don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with being an allegory it's more just that like if you're doing that for lord of the rings you're heavily missing the point it's the way that people would kind of equate the one ring with being like a nuclear weapon and it's like it's not really like that's not really what the one ring is
0: I mean, I yeah. suppose like it, if the show did want to do something like that, as long as they made a reasonable case for it, that'd yeah. be something. But like don't but like don't pretend it's what the yeah. you know, the story uh, always was.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you're gonna make that much of a difference from what the from what the source material is, just write a different fantasy series. Mm. Like, I mean, it's not, you know, like it's not like it's uh, it, it's out of the question that people wouldn't enjoy it. Like, you know, I think it's just, you know, I, I just kind of, I just find it very like wearisome to just go, Oh, let's just make, let, let's just use uh, an established IP. And it's like, yeah, but there's, if you want to use, like if you want to do something where there is modern politics and a geez, I mean, there's so many books you could pick mm. I mean, it's actually hard like, to like, even know the where the expanse, to start.
0: Like, well, like the expanse didn't become popular because it took. I'm assuming because you're the fan, mm-hmm. it took the series and plugged it into a format that didn't work for it, or to support ideas it wasn't originally about. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like the, like you know, I get with that with that one as well. Like the 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 writers for the books were very involved in the show. Okay. So kind of like with George or Martin and Game of Thrones. So it it, it, it during the, the show's run, it never really veers from their vision too much. But I mean, everything that's there is in the books and in some cases expanded from what's in the books. You know? And it, but like it's just it's like, you know, it's like if someone decided to do an adaptation of sense and sensibility. And then, this, and then went, actually, there's a really entertaining piece from Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters, so let's put that in as well.
0: Right, right, right. And you're
1: like, but they're not the same, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get you. Like, kind of curving yeah. the original source material around, around something more modern. modern, rather yeah. than kind of... Finding something modern in the yeah. source material. A bit like the the Little Women film that came out last year that was fantastic. Like yeah. you know, we talked about it on the show. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's faithful, but it just finds new dimensions to it.
1: Yeah, know? but it, it finds a new way to tell the story, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's still very much the story of little women, just told differently. And you know, in that case, I mean, how many times has little women been adapted? Yeah. You I mean, know? like... Like, it's, it's the same thing as, like, you know, when people talk about, like, uh, changing race for characters. Like, you know, I've always been very in favour of someone like Idris Elba getting to play James Bond. But yeah. I would, and it's like... And, you know, it's like, yeah, because Idris Elba is a fantastic actor and how many guys have gotten to play James Bond at this stage?
0: Of course. And, like, you know, you know the theatre world has been ahead on this for, like, a decade or two. Yeah. Like, you know if if you change it up or rearrange it, swap a gender yeah. swap like whatever, i mean like, um, Pat, like patrick stewart played othello older-ish. like you, know, you they'll, know they'll probably like it really really enjoy it it's not like you know yeah. a taboo thing but,
1: but you know i mean like one of the most interesting things i heard before was that patrick stewart played othello and all the other characters played by black people and that's really interesting you know cuz like you know yeah, like, I, you know, I think when um, when, um, they, when there was the production of Othello done where um, Patrick Stewart played Othello and then had black, had black actors instead, I thought that was a really, really interesting idea because, you know, you're basically inverting the entire cast okay. all, of what Shakespeare intended. And that kind of creates a whole new dynamic and feel to that story. You know, oh, completely, um,
0: but like kind of that's a very deliberate thing. The kind of yeah. the end goal would be uh to just have like anyone play any character and have it not be some big showy big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I, I think, you know I you know, I mean I, I think when when you see these kind of things, like I mean, I think there's so much of these kind of discussions happening now because you know, I think I think there are a lot of people who really do want to explore it, but it's like, you know, I mean, I think there's, I think there's, there's a time and a place for that kind of exploration, mm-hmm. and I think that trying to do it, um, I think trying to do it when audiences aren't ready for it, it, is where you get a lot of these kind of problems. Like, you know, um, I'm not convinced that just changing who 007 is to a woman is going to make people want to watch a movie about it. But I think you just changed it so that it was a black actor like Idris Elba or um, someone else you... I think that there would be enough palatability for that, that it wouldn't seem like such a change because you're still saying ostensibly it's an English English man's power fantasy
0: Oh, but it goes back to what you said earlier about kind of Star Trek and kind of, Mm. you know, the optimism. If you make a good enough case for it and are passionate about it, mm. it will translate. Yeah, I, I, If it's think, done I, cynically, I, then that will translate too. Uh,
1: I, th- I think, you know, again, like, I mean, in a Star Trek context, if you if you tell a story about fi- about setting up, you know, setting up a scenario where these characters are in a really dire situation and then they get back to that optimism as being the end point, that's a story wel- worth telling. Yeah, You know, especially okay. in this day and age. I mean, we really could do it with a bit more going, well, here's the light in the darkness.
0: Yeah, I'd like to be happy. Would you yeah. like to be happy? <laughs> <Not> even <laughs> just like happy, but
1: just, you know, like if, um, you know, I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, one of my concerns with uh, like the new Batman movie is that like when they progress from it, if, if it doesn't stay in... Uh, if it just stays in this moody, dark place and you don't see the character start to make efforts to escape it, then what's the point in watching it?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, on that hopeful note, we're actually a few minutes over time. Mm. Uh, We are going to wrap, but I'm thrilled that we got to do another installment of our two tired dads talking <laughs> their films they have to watch because of their children. Uh, <laughs> so before we wrap, are there anyth- is there anything you would like to plug, Bryn?
1: Heaven no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I'm in the process of quitting all of social media, so no.
0: <laughs> all right, fair enough. We didn't really get to get into the weeds of nah. the card, unfortunately, but if you want to see my thoughts on it, I am currently reviewing it for Geek Ireland. You can find all of the articles there. Uh, we'll be back, hopefully, with our Morbius review next week. Uh, but until then, we've been the Nerd to Know Basis crew. We'll see you next week. And bye-bye. Bye. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com
1: all right so you're listening to the podcast you're like hey i'm not in ireland how do i get in touch well tune in has you covered that's how you can check us out live when we're on the radio um you go to tune in and download the app or you can check out the live streams on nerdsnowmedia.com or phoenix 92.5 fm if you want to get in contact with us it's very easy Media everywhere Media on twitter Media instagram Media on twitch nerdsnowmedia at gmail.com if you want to reach out via email hope to hear from you soon <laughs> Hey Dara, what are you doing over there in Ireland? Like with the
0: freaking Leprechauns and everything. That's not cool, you should be over there with the cosplayers. At least then you could like, I don't know, pretend like you got, I don't know, some kind of thing going on. Yeah, with ya, you give me a Brooklyn rage. Yeah, with ya, Dara, Dara? Yeah, yeah cool. Why you ain't you over here you with me Joey? Me. Anyway, we're we'll missing you, So, no, uh, I love it. All I do Check out the rest of Rewind in. here
1: on Phoenix 92.5 FM every Tuesday at 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. And, of course, over on NerdToKnowMedia.com. the only wrestling podcast by wrestling fans who don't hate wrestling. We'll see you then.
0: Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.